This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's about scallops and otters. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. And we're back. Hello, 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 hello. Happy 4th of July week. Yeah, man, it's a holiday weekend. Oh, the holiday started well before the holiday Look, here you, in Harlem. You seriously can't complain about anything because you were at work when the music started this morning. I can't believe it. Yeah, at 8 o'clock or 8.30 this morning, I completely got woken up by the sound of music blasting over the sound of the air conditioner in our room. It was so loud, I thought I forgot and left the window open last night. Oh my God. And Harlem I was like, days and a Harlem nights. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, there's no way I could have like left the window open because it's cold in here and I know it was going to be super hot out today. So I was like, no way. <laughs> and then I, I look and of course the window's closed and I was like, I cannot believe how loud it is. I go to go back to bed because I could have slept for another hour. No way. And alas, you couldn't, so you had to suffer. That's right. It was it was just not in the cards to get extra sleep today. I guess not, and I'm so sorry to hear that, well, considering I get up at 6.40 every morning. Uh, if I'm sleeping <laughs> at all. <laughs> if you're sleeping at all, is true, yes. But in the same respect, I'm sick. I know you're sick. <laughs> There's no way to ever forget that you're sick. I'll always be here to remind you. <laughs> always. Thank you. I'm you're glad. welcome. I'm very glad for that. Yes. Yes. My name is Jeff. So <laughs> my name is Jeff. Um, we have a guest this week. We do. And um, it's a holiday week, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, "Going, hey man, hey man, I'm going to the beach." So, hey man, don't make this one of your long-winded stories <laughs> yeah, about okay. Good luck gallops and otters or whatever the hell's going on over there <laughs> in uh, Harlem right now, which I assure you has nothing to do with scallops and or otters whatsoever. I doubt, very doubtful, very doubtful. If there's an otter skittering around down there, I don't think he's happy. I, I would not recommend any animals come to the area and put up with the animals that are in the back of our uh, alleyway right now having said that let's get into what you heard (laughs) all right miss pc let's go for it This week's You Heard comes to us from 149th Street between Convent and Amsterdam. Oh. I overheard a group of gentlemen talking as they sat on the railing outside of one of our apartment buildings that are our neighbors. And he said, 
You got to respect him because he's hustling all of us. I wonder who they could have been talking about. Could have been anybody. It could have been anybody, but I'm going to guess it's probably President Trump. Oh, man. For not being at all like into like, you know, we we don't want to make this show a political show. It's just the world no right now. No way to avoid it. It's just the world right now. No way to avoid it at all. No. It's the world we're living in. And I think it's kind of interesting that pe- so many people that like had never gave a shit about politics before. Because it's not just politics. Like This is just common life. This is human decency that we're talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, it worked out really good that you had a quote that went along so well with our show. And we'll get to our guest in a minute. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're still in this segment. We are. You. We're still in my segment. I so please keep there. talking. I was going to say, <laughs> you have like found a treasure chest of your herds after this past Tuesday's graduation of little Tyler Durden. I did. I have I have some good a treasure trove. A treasure trove. I do have a couple good you herds coming up. So I'm just waiting for the right moment to just spring them upon everyone. Oh my lanterns. There are some good ones in the mix. Man. <laughs> there are. But for now, that's this week's you heard. Stay tuned for the new ones. So this week, we actually have an interview that I did for Metro, where oh, I, yeah. which is my day job. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote about this play um, called Me the People, the Trump American Musical, or the Trump America Musical, I'm sorry. And it's playing here in New York at the Triad Theater on 72nd Street on the Upper West Side. And I went to see it last night, or you know, last week I went to see it, and it was so much fun. It was such a good show. It was just, and I saw, I thought, you know, I knew we kind of wanted to talk about it because I had just enjoyed talking to, you know, the creator, um, Nancy Holson. I, I so much enjoyed talking to her that I was like, I think we should really do this. And I knew that we were, we were supposed to go see it together. Unfortunately, you couldn't make it with me. Typical. Typical, always leaving me, leaving me at the altar. <laughs> this guy, this guy gets out of everything at this point in time. He really Seriously. does. He really does. And you have a good excuse. Mm. But I drank your martini for you. Oh, wow. Well. Which I would have done anyway. <laughs> I didn't even hear about this till just now. But I'm glad that, you know, you got something out of it. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, but it, it sucked because I think like you really, you really would have loved it, the play as much as I did. But it's called Me the People. And I interviewed Nancy Holson, who came up with the book and lyrics. Mm-hmm. And it was produced by Jim Russick, directed by Jay Falzone. And the musical director and arranger was James Higgins, who, yes. as I was sitting there watching him, because like he would do these little interludes during like longer costume changes, because the, the show moves really, really quick. Mm-hmm. But for longer costume changes he would just do this like this thing called the trump like he would play at the trump piano bar and the trump international in washington dc and he'd be like welcome to the lounge and like he was kind of like lounge lizardy and i was just like god damn he looks familiar like he looks so familiar and the two women sitting in front of me lean over to each other like the second time he came up right and they said he looks like alec baldwin and he did. He looked like a Baldwin brother. 
Was he a Baldwin brother? No, I just literally just said his name is James Higgins. Well, I'm just wondering because you drew me for a loop then at the last minute. I'm like, oh, did he, is it just like a character name? Like, did he come in and just no. be like, I'm going to use this name James Higgins and fly under the radar. And pretend that I'm this lost Baldwin brother. Yeah. Or the other way around where he really is a Baldwin brother and he didn't want anybody to know. He's like going, oh, I got to play cool. Maybe he's and... a secret Baldwin brother that he just doesn't want anything to do with the family. I mean, with Stephen in it, I can't imagine why anyone would want to be part of it. But alas, let's roll the fabulous bean footage of my interview with Nancy Holson, and then we'll get back into the show. Okay. Telling me a little bit about how Me the People came about and how long it was in the works. Sure. Well, obviously, it can't have been in the works that long since he's only like 120 days or so into his presidency. <laughs> but um, the day after the election, um, those of us with kind of my point of view were uh, pretty um, devastated. Mm-hmm. And after the cloud began to clear, you know, a day or two later, I, I realized that I needed to do this right. and that we. Um, you know, any of us, we just had to resist. The Women's March came right after, I guess, inauguration. Right. It was, um, I mean, there was sort of a swell of this resistance. And it was clear to me that any of us, all of us, had to do whatever it was we could do to turn the tide and to to make change for the better. Right. So it, I knew that this was what I could do. This is my way of resisting. Right. I got back in touch with my collaborators from Bush Wars, back when it was like a baby resistance. Right. We didn't realize how good we had it back then, but <laughs> we, all, we got together, um, Jay Falzone, director, uh, Jim Russick, producer, and I, and um, we just said, yep, we're going to do it. So. Um, we began, and I guess it was really the day after inauguration, I pretty much sat down and sketched out what a show ought to look like, and we just went boom, and we made it happen quickly. And Yeah, definitely. And but, but in a way, I mean, that's, my career has been in topical political satire, so I'm in a pretty good place to be able to make things happen well and quickly. Right. So I felt, I, you know, that's why I say I, I felt really um, compelled to do it and that we were capable of doing it. Right. And, you know, did your, since you had worked with Jim and Jay on Bush Wars, you know, did that creative approach change, especially considering that, you know, those seemed like innocent times compared to what yeah. we deal with today? Well, what changed is um, the show is darker. It's really funny, but it's really dark because our times are dark. Right. So um, that has changed. And the fact that we've all worked together before helped us to get to, to speak a shorthand, which got us, um, you know, got us moving more quickly. Jay and I have worked together creatively for many, many years, and uh, yeah, with Jim too. So we we know each other well, and we trust each other, and we were able to go into our respective corners and do our work. Right, and you know, especially with so many of us horrified on a near daily basis, you know, how important is it? in this time to remember laughter? It's, that's, a, that's a great question. It's very important because, you know, life is about balance. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of all of this horror, <laughs> I, I just had my first grandchild. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> and uh, you know, there, it really is a reminder 
I guess that kind of answers your question. I should say, too, our objective here is through laughter, what we're hoping to do is to give, to, to kind of tap into the community of people who feel as we do, who are horrified by these events and, and feel a need to make change. We want to give people a release and an opportunity to feel this sense of community and to, to release and through laughter. And I feel like we've been very successful in doing that. The first couple of previews, wow, um, people, like people have responded in a, in a very deep way. Right. Awesome. And, you know, with, with the situation, you know, the, the, you know, there's always a new issue rising almost every hour. And tweet by tweet. You know, will the show adapt? You know, are there core points to the script? Or will it adapt to kind of address whatever Trump issue du jour, you know, kind of rises? Well, that was certainly something that we ha have toyed with. And in my background, doing news and review for oh, 20 years, it, it always changed as the news changed. So, I, you know, I'm, I know how to do that, and I'm, you know, we can make that happen. And to some extent, we will. I mean, there are things that there are script changes um, always. That said, I felt the more important thing with this show was to address principles and issues um, where we're really talking about sort of fundamental moral concepts and political concepts. So those would be sort of the tent posts of the show, but references certainly come and go. But in terms of what's behind the thinking behind all of the issues and the core principles which we really hold dear, that's those are overriding principles, sort of taking a long view and giving us a perspective. So, I mean, that sounds heavy, but we do it we do it comedically. Right. But I think that that's really what we're about. We're not a Saturday Night Live that replays the week's events in a funny way. I mean, although there, there's certainly some topical stuff, you'll go and you'll feel it's fresh. But it's really about, with time, how we digest these well, these kind of horrific veers into um, all of the different uh, spheres that that uh, may, that encompass what a president needs to address. And you know, with so very many targets, you know, for your poison pen in his administration, who was the most fun to kind of write for? Oh, well, it's, that's an interesting question too. Um, I I wanted. To, like I say, talk about principles. So sometimes we'll, persona, we'll use a personification of an idea, um, and it won't be necessarily that we're doing an impression of a person. Mm -hmm. Although we do have a lot of people. Jared and Ivanka, they were a riot. Um, <laughs> we had a whole lot of fun with them. But, for example, we've, um, we've personified the idea of Mar-a-Lago as a place where all of this craziness and subterfuge happens and we you know in the the people who work in Mar-a-Lago are really our guides through that okay. uh, we've done a number on the Supreme Court which is is kind of eerie and scary and keeps and funny and uh, we have you know the justices who keep every time they're replaced the court goes in a more uh, a serious direction right. so we also have um, we have the founding fathers opening the show who rewrite the Constitution according to Trump's rules. So, you know, we, we've used a little bit of absurdity here. We don't have Donald Trump in the show. We've made a point not to have Donald Trump in the show. So this is really all about Donald Trump. I mean, 
he's such a polarizing figure, it, it, our audience would have trouble watching him. Right. So um, we, we'd rather tell the story about Trump and about his the indignities he's brought on us through whatever creative ways we can. We've taken Twitter and turned it into a character. Yes, a, I saw a bird, that. A Twitter bird who's <laughs> died just from one number to another. So we've really that makes us very different from a lot of um, a lot of acts that are that are uh, just taking people from the news and right. parody the actual people. We're trying to get at ideas. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, great. And finally, you know, while you don't, like, while you're, you know, your press release said you don't have to be a Bernie bro or nasty woman or, you know, even in his crosshairs to appreciate or laugh at this. Yeah. You know, what would you say to entice a Trump supporter to attend? Um, I think I would say Chicago is playing down the road. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this is not the kind of show where I expect we're going to have Trump supporters coming and cheering. Right. Um, I mean, the, I guess they're welcome to come, and maybe they're going to protest us. And, but it is really, this is not about um, changing the minds of Trump voters. Right. It's about creating a safe space to laugh for the people who um, who really are horrified. Right, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nancy. I really appreciate you speaking to me. Sure. So that was my interview with Nancy Holson. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the writer of Me, the People. Yeah. I saw that personally. What was weird, <laughs> not the show, but the interview itself, you know, when it came off the tape recorder, of course, cause, you know, nothing's easy with our technologies. No. No, we have great technology, but then, like, when I have to throw something into the mix, it's a little bit difficult. Yeah, and my work phone is real wonky. So, mm. like, that's why there was, like, a... Blah, 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 blah. It's not my fault. Like, that is not my fault. Like, I full, take full responsibility for the microphone situations here in our oh, recording but, but studio. Work, no, no, I can't take any no, responsibility for that. No, I don't take any responsibility. Mm. No. Nice. Must be nice to just forego responsibility. Well, I'm responsible for so many things. So, sometimes it is nice to forego responsibility, if that's what you're saying. I wouldn't know. I can't get out of my responsibilities no matter how hard I try. Well, you didn't come to see me, the people, with me, so. I wanted to go and see it, but, you know. so spoke. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. All right. So, you know, what you described in the play when you came back from it, um, you explained the theater to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a really interesting theater. It was, you entered through like an Indian restaurant and then you went upstairs and, you know, it was a very small, intimate theater. And then it wasn't until like the actors, there's four main actors. Um, it wasn't until one of them said like, oh, I see you up in the cheap seats that I realized that there was a balcony. Like there was like a third floor and I was like, oh my God. But it was like a really cute little theater and it was just very intimate and I, I really liked it. To me, the way you described it, it sounded almost like a speakeasy. Where you kind of had to go to the back of the restaurant. Well, and you then had there's a I, secret door and then you got to kind of. Well, it wasn't really. I mean, like. The, do a special knock and they open no. up this little slide thing. They look out there and they're like, who are you here for? And it would have been cool if it was like that. But no, it wasn't like that. There oh. was just like a very. It was a very open stairway right in the front of the building that yeah. you just kind of went into. 
Sorry to disappoint you. You really did because I've been I... thinking about it the whole time. Like, man, I think I want to just go see this theater. Definitely. <laughs> like, you know, I was thinking of it like, um, what was the name of that place? Um, yeah, you, you exactly. Know it. No, I don't. La Esquina. Yeah, no, it's not. And nothing I said would have given you that. The whole explanation of oh how the theater God. was anyway, gave me the premise okay. of what that was okay. like. Okay, but. But. So obviously this play yes. is a safe space for Trump, anti-Trumpers. Right. You know, people who are just disgusted by what's happening in the world, pretty much, you know. So your mom would fit right My in. My mom would not fit right in, and she <laughs> should definitely go to Chicago playing right down the road. <laughs> but she'd probably find fault with that, too. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I loved this play, and it was just very funny because it starts with them saying that if Trump is impeached during the show, they will refund your money. <laughs> and like that's exactly so it just comes out of the gate like that um you know it starts with this um it starts with like the founding fathers that she spoke about how they rewrite the constitution and george washington is black and everyone's like and all the other three actors go they, the other three actors say to the care the actress playing george washington like well you know you're but you're black you're not george washington and she goes it's alternative facts mm-hmm. and it was just like I laughed out loud so many times and it was just like as a journalist like I'm covering these things and you know it's scary and I get so fed up because it's like I can't believe I have to write the words President Trump I can't believe that these are the things that like we have to write about sometimes like just like these crazy fucked up things that are happening with the healthcare and you know the travel ban and like all of these ridiculous fucking things but this was a space where we could just look at the absurdity of it all and forget that it affects us for like two seconds and just laugh and, and have, because the jokes were so smart. The, the music was so smart and it was like familiar songs. And it just, it really just, it felt good to laugh, to remember <laughs> laughter. And what's strange is the fact that you're laughing at this play, because we have discussed on many occasions in the past, when we, especially when we were doing like the comedy circuit, um, you know, people were not laughing at any political humor. Right, like, exactly. Stopped, yeah. No matter, and it was some great jokes that we've heard like over the past, you know, what year? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And people would just sit there, and nobody would laugh. Like they were just like, we're just burnt on it. So maybe people are getting over the the shock of it and are finally able to laugh about it. I would have to test that in a comedy situation, right? Or Maybe it was just that clever. It was. It was. It was very clever. But I think it was also. It doesn't pull punches. It tells you right, fr- like front and center. When you look at information about the play, you know immediately that this is not a play for an anti-Trump for a pro-Trumper. Like this is not. So I think it's the fact that like you're not going to have somebody chances are the person next to you is going to feel the same way about the situation that you are where at a comedy show you don't know who you're going to sit next to you don't know like these are there was a common a commonality between everyone because they were there because they knew like there was so much laughter like I and I was looking around you know as I want to do because I always have to be I'm so nosy but because I knew that I wanted to talk about it and not one person looked pissed off. Not one person was like sitting there like my mom would over jokes about him over, you know, calling out, you know, or, or showing Hillary at the end. And, you know, 
so it, it was very like you were just kind of we were all just united in this like feeling of community as we were laughing about just like holy shit this is really like this is what's happening to us right now because if you were to put this in a movie this would be a brilliant movie hmm what's you know though what's weird though about it what's weird it's just that like when you go to a comedy club i feel like you're not safe like like no matter who it is before like Take the president out of the equation and just say, you know, whoever, Bill Cosby, uh, whoever else is like in the news. I'm trying to think of people in the news, and I honestly can't because this overshadowing of the political environment. Yeah, every single day. But no matter who's in the news, historically, you know, comedy clubs are kind of like a sacred ground where you go into a comedy club expecting to hear something kind of outlandish about something right. but that you can relate to which was so weird you know going back when we would go into these clubs all the time and people weren't laughing it's kind of like this is where you come to laugh like if you're not coming in here expecting people to make jokes about what's happening right now right what were you expecting to be happening like you know like what were you expecting to hear jokes on? This is all the news there right, is right exactly. now. And those are the things that like we have to talk about because that's what's making the headlines. Yeah. Right. And it's just it's just strange that, you know, people wouldn't laugh in a comedy club. They would laugh in a play setting, though, because, I mean, people going into, you know, people are going in to escape. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's just, you know, I, th- I think, again, it could just calls back to the point where it's like this is an anti this is a play for people who are disgusted by what's happening with Trump, who are scared about what this means and what this is going to do to us in the future. So most people that are going to go to this, because you're not going to, like, I personally, as no matter how much I hate something, like, I'm not going to go pay as a protest. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not like tickets are expensive or anything, but, like, if I feel strongly against something... Right. Or for if I'm supporting something that a play is, you know, against. like if it was a pro-Trump play, you wouldn't I would not go, go to, to the that. Pro-Trump yeah, because you know that's not where you necessarily fit in. Exactly, exactly. Because I'm not going to put myself in a situation where like I need to listen to something like that. Because if I support you, like I'm going to support you. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. So you know, it just throughout the play, it just had you know. There was Jared and Ivanka, which was really fun. There was the Twitter bird who would pop up every now and then because he would be sleeping. And then, of course, you know, because Trump is an overnight tweeter a lot. And, Mm. you know, so he would pop up and just his phone would go off and he would just be like. (sighs) (laughs) And then, like, by the end, you know, it was basically like a night for him. And he just was like exhausted and like he was manic because he hasn't been sleeping because Trump has been tweeting in the middle of the night. And it was really cute because it was set to the to Rock and Robin. So it was like tweet, 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 tweet. (laughs) (laughs) So that was really, really fun. But I mean, through it all, I mean, the, the play was just a hoot. And if you're in the city and you need to laugh about like you just feel like I need to remember laughter. I definitely recommend going to see Me the People. Um, you could find out more information at methepeoplemusical.com. And I, I highly recommend it. It's playing through September um, or, you know, 
for the duration of his <laughs> for the duration of his presidency, hopefully. But you know, there are core things that are going to be involved. You know, there's core points, like she said. But there were references to the time cover that just came out that's fake. You know, there were references to things that happened this week alone. You know, the healthcare thing, and it's an interactive show. So if you're sitting kind of like in the front, there's a chance that you might be part of the show, as oh, I like was. Oh, like the press pit. Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> I was. I was. Um, I was told that I looked like shit because i had bubonic plague which is actually covered (laughs) because history is like history i forget what they said there was some point where they were like oh god wait hold on i wrote it down but there was like a point where they were just like our future is to is yesterday or something like they made a point like that so it was like funny because the bubonic plague is not something that's around right now but today we'll cover it because that we're going back in time with this presidency Man, we really are. Yes, we really, really are. So you should definitely check this out if you're in the city or you're coming to the city and you need to laugh about Trump. Yes, and of course, you can always check our show description and get all the links to everywhere you need to be. Yes, um. All right. Well. Let's get into a roly-poly rarity. All right, we can do that. Roly-poly rarity. Roly-poly rarity. So, roly-poly Rorty. It's getting harder and harder to talk about roly-poly Rorty lately because I feel like it's just a sounding board of uh, feel like shit again. It is. It is. You know, and hopefully, you know, in the coming weeks we'll get this figured out and then we could, I don't know what else we'll talk about. We go back to talk about running, about exercising, about working out. You know, all the stuff that I completely missed that I got like a small taste of and then had it taken away. Of course, yes. But, um, you know, it's absolutely insane the amount of dizziness that is coming on lately. Like, I got up last night and almost landed on my face, like, just getting up out of bed. And what was weird was usually it's like three or four steps and then, like, that's where I start to get dizzy or when I first stand up. This one, I was kind of just standing there for a few minutes, and then all of a sudden I was just like, whoa. So, I mean, it's... It's starting to just happen whenever now? It's really starting to happen whenever. and um, That's not good. It's not. And what's weird is, like, you know, I'm on the blood pressure medicine, which they say could be related to blood pressure. It could be related to, like, the nerve thing Mm -hmm. that might have gotten cut during the stomach operation. Oh, you love saying that. It could be the infection from the kidney stone. Like... It could be anything. It could be anything, and we're not going to know for like two more weeks until it's time to go to the Mayo Clinic. And we might not even know in two more weeks because seriously, uh, they're going to have to take a bunch of tests, and it's not going to be like something that's going to happen, and then like they're just going to be like going, "All right, well, here's what it is, and now you're cured." It's going to be like two weeks to do all these tests. It's probably going to take another two weeks for all the tests to come back, and then whatever it is has to get treated. Right. So, I mean, we're looking at, like, going into the end of the summer, you know, before it's all said and done. You just keep, like, collecting these, like, long and drawn-out sicknesses, and it's very creepy. Like, it's Mm. just very scary what's happening. Like, You know, it's weird. We, We were both talking about this. We said the only time that I left the house this week at all for anything was to go to Tyler's graduation. Yes. When we went there, I was 
de- exhausted, like dead sitting there, like I don't know, like and we didn't even have to walk, chair. yeah, because nope. like and we took a car. Yep, we took a car there. We took a car back, took, and you know we went for dinner afterwards. Mm-hmm. We took a car there. We took a car back. I mean, there's no. And don't think that like we're fancy like, like town car people. We we. We got a ride. Got a ride. From your parents. Yes. So it's not like, you know, we were paying for these things. <laughs> right. So, I mean, even if we were, we would have had to have anyway. If, I don't know if my what, parents yeah. didn't come, we probably would have just went and said, well, screw it. Well, it can't. just so happened that the day that Tyler graduated was a day that like an A train derailed, which is our main on a track that is our main source of traveling to like throughout Anywhere. the city. <laughs> yeah. So like we would have had to have taken a car anyway because that happened and it took down the trains for like 24 hours. Yeah. It was, it was crazy the transportation situation around here, but I mean, we had it pretty good so, though. But it's not but... like, you know, you had to like walk up and down the subway platform or the nope. stairs and things like that, especially where we are because we're up higher in Manhattan. So, you know, the trains, like, you know, the stations are a lot lower. So there's like 72 steps. Oh, the, exactly. <laughs> 72. Exactly 72 steps. No one's counting, though. <laughs> Every day I count. Uh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> but like, you know, so it's just, even just the littlest effort is exhausting you. And it's so scary to watch and know that there's nothing that I can do to help you. And I hate that. Like, I hate feeling helpless. Well, I feel the same way. <laughs> Because I don't know what's happening and stuff like that. Like, I'm, are you scared? I'm not. I'm I'm really, really not scared. I'm more to the point of I just give up at this point in time. Like, if it just all came to an end right now, it would be like, all right, that's cool. Like, cause it's going this route blows. Like, I feel very emotional hearing you say that. Yeah. But I know that when I had my, before I had my stuff taken care of, like, I felt like that too. And I was just like, you know what? Like, you can only take so much, man. If I'm going to, if, like, you know what? Just like, if it ended right this second, like, whatever, because I can't fucking live like this anymore. And that's pretty much where I'm at. And I didn't, you know, like, I don't see myself. It's, listen, here's the thing. Like, I work from home now like I, I go from bed to the couch to the bathroom and back to the couch and then eventually back to the bathroom and then bed and that's pretty much the schedule right and um there are like days that will go by where i'll be like oh man i feel so dizzy i'm not gonna go and stand up in the shower because i don't want to be at the bottom of the bathtub because i don't know if i'm gonna pass out right. or not and I usually, when I take my showers, I usually try to take them later in a day. So if I do wipe out, see, I am thinking strategically. It's like going, all right, somebody will be here. They can, like, at least call, like, 911 and say he busted his head open. Oh, my God. This is the first time you're telling me this. Yes. So, you know, know, there are days I'll be like, I'm I'm not taking a shower. And then, like, you know, I'll be like, man, I have to take a shower. And I will. And then I'll go and I'll just quickly brush my hair and I don't look in the mirror at all for no reason whatsoever. Only thing I do as far as appearance goes is I get on the scale every Thursday just to see like if there was any progress. And like well, I what's said, progress is progress losing at this point or is well, it if you gain know. like because I to me know. I think that gaining would be progress because at least that means that like you're plateauing and not just losing 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 because 
it's not healthy for you to lose anymore, well, in my opinion, which is not sanctioned by any type of... It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> the medical background. <laughs> no, it's really not. But, well, here's the thing. You know, the goal is to get down to between 160 and 165. That, yes. But, so I'm not there yet. So it's not like I'm free-falling <laughs> and I'm like 110 pounds now. Are you turning now. anorexic on me? Because, like, you... You know that's not true. Because it seems to me that, like, you're so focused on this, like, I need to be 165. I need to be 165. No, you fucking don't. You need to not be passing out. You need to fucking be eating better things. You need to fucking chill the fuck out about losing weight. Because... This is very scary. I know. I know it's very scary. It's happening to me. I know it is. I know it's happening to you, but it's also happening to me. Okay. Which is less important, of course. To me. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a dude. I know. But like, you're so focused on the losing of the weight and the wanting to get back to running. It's like. Well, okay. Let's, Let's separate the two for a minute. I monitor the weight. Because, like I did last week, before last week's episode, that whole week leading up to our recording, I ate horribly. Because I said, I want to just see if I can stop the scale from falling. Could not do it. Lost, what, two pounds last week. This week, I did the same thing where I'm just like going, all right, I'm not going to... I can't eat a lot. That's the problem. Right. But I... I know when I do eat, like, I should be having, like, steamed chicken, and I should be having, (laughs) like, shrimp, and I should be having, like, light stuff, and I'm having, like, ice cream, I'm having cookies, I'm, you know, eating, you know, chocolate-covered coconuts and stuff that I... covered coconuts. Yeah. They're good, man. (laughs) But, you know, I go on... The scale this week, and again for the second week in a row, I'm convinced I'm either gonna be the same as the week before, or I'm gonna be a pound or two up because right. of this. Because of the eating and the not moving from the cow, like you know, not going right. for walks because you can't. Uh, yeah. Right. So I get on the scale and I lost another pound and a half, and I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. And you know, I saw my parents on Tuesday night for the graduation. I was talking to them about it. My dad was like. Well, you had the operation to lose weight, so what did you think was going to happen? And I was just like, no, no, I agree with you. Right. Like, the operation was to lose weight, absolutely. W- really was to fix the pain that I was having in my chest. <laughs> right, the year-long pain that you had from right. that. Right, right. So it's just like going, so I expect to lose weight, and I'm like going, but mathematically, it's just not adding up. I There's no way I'm consuming like let's say let's say I'm consuming 1,200 calories. There's no way I'm burning off 1,200 calories. Exactly. So mathematically, yeah, that's I have to be gaining weight right. or stay in the same. Exactly. Unless something is horrifically wrong, which it is. I know it is. I know it is. But as far as me losing the weight, I mean, healthy wise. Healthy wise, and I know that I lost a lot of weight fast, and there are some issues right now that we don't know what they are. We don't know if it's related to the weight loss. Maybe the infection is making me, you know, not Maybe. be able to do whatever. So Maybe. I cannot go ahead and say this is all part of the sleeve. But at the end of the day, the goal is still to get to a healthy 
optimal, healthy you weight. You have lost more than 100 pounds. I'm you... lost, I lost more than 120 pounds, dear. Well, beg my fucking pardon. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. I mean, right now I'm 181 down from 302. Which is incredible. Like, that is an incredible feat. But at this juncture in time, it's hard to be excited for, you know, any extra weight loss until we figure out what is making you sick. Well, that's my point. My point is when we figure out... Why did you get there faster? Because my point is when we figure out what this is, at the end of the day... They fix it. I still want to get to be between 160 of course, and 165. Of course. And the running is not to lose weight. I know the running is mental. It's a mental. It's, it's total mental totally exercise. I know that. Is, man. I know. I know, and I get that. And you need that like so bad right now. Yes, I do. But maybe you like maybe you need to turn to like another like form of mental exercise, like, like a game or. Well, like, you know, I don't know, something like a crossword puzzle or something that you can do to, like, stimulate that part of your brain that, yeah, maybe, you know, just to occupy it until you can get back on the road. Yeah, I possibly for something like that. I don't, you could I always just play two know. dots, which is what I play on the train. <laughs> you no. can catch up to me. I'm on, like, level, like, 500 or something. So No, that's okay. You could make it a competition. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do that. Okay. But, uh, but, but <laughs> I, I just, I don't know, man. It's weird because I just don't have motivation to do anything. I know. And it's not, you know, that I don't want to play your game. I don't want to play any game. I know. I want to watch TV. I want to sleep. I want to wake up and do work if I have to, <laughs> which I have been. It's been very busy work-wise. It has been very busy. But, I mean, it's been, like, enjoyable work at least i mean i'm very happy to be doing like what i am doing because it has been like animation stuff lately which is good awesome yes you have been like very like into the work and stuff so i mean that's good but i mean seriously by the time i finish you know working even from here on the couch i'm like i'm done like i can't do anything else i get it i mean i totally was like that too you know but i i mean we had different situations, but a lot of like similarities with the like feeling dizzy and like I always felt like I was going to pass out. I always felt like I could only go a few steps before I had to stop. And so it made it really hard. It's really hard to maneuver New York when you've got issues, you know, walking. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything walking. is walking. Everything <laughs> is walking or when you have like breathing and heart problems. Like it's a very hard city to be in Yeah, for that. So, but you know. We'll see what happens over this week. And, but the uh, countdown is on, you know? I mean, we're just uh, two weeks away now. Two weeks away from going to the Mayo Clinic and finding out. And and hopefully the good doctors there are good doctors indeed. Uh, then two weeks after that, we'll get results. And then two weeks after that, we'll get we'll start working on. And in two years from now, we might be singing a different tune. Well, here's hoping. <laughs> is that all? Is that all there is in two years? <laughs> That's all there is. But that does it for this week's Roly Poly Rorty, I think. You're brave. You are. Ah, brave. And it's also it for our show this week. That's all she wrote. That's it, man. We're we're giving you guys the gift of a short show. <laughs> so go out to the beach. Or wherever the hell it is you're going to go to stay cool. Fire it up. Fire it up. It's supposed to be hot the whole rest of the week. So hopefully you guys get out somewhere and enjoy the sunshine.
Yes, and enjoy the short week. Yes. All right, that's it. Uh, why don't you check out our website at <laughs> highregardshow.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or Recipes. whatever, um, feel free to write us at highregardshow at gmail.com. And you can always follow us on social media as High Regard Show. Sure you can. Well, everybody, thank you again for listening this week. And be safe out there. And we will see you next week. Same time, same bat channel. As always. Goodbye. Bye. Good night. 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 used to think I'd be a political liability, you know, in case he ever ran for president. Not Todd. Actually, truth be told, polling shows a majority of the American people would ultimately empathize with our situation.